All right. So I'm going to, I'm doing something. I'm going to do something that, I'm going to do something that's like you're not supposed to do. This would be what we teach in school. Do you remember what I talked about in November? Okay, no clue. Do you, do you, <laughs> I was going to say, do you remember what Ben talked about last week? But he's not here, so we won't say that. Uh, here, here's the interesting piece, okay? So in November, we talked about, for three weeks, we talked about this, like, no offense. That sometimes as Christians, we're the ones that are the most offended. Like, you know, the joke about the drums... I could go to a different environment and some people would go, oof, drums, they shouldn't be in the church. Or lights shouldn't be in the church. Or not having pews. That's not how we do church. And, and, and so we, we left that series in November, the no offense, and then we talked about the greatest gift in Christmas. Well, we're actually coming back to that no offense series. And so today we're going to talk about when bitterness is all you've got. And, and not only are Christians the most offended, but as Christians, what are we also? We get bitter really fast. And we have a hard time letting go of that bitterness. And so the next two weeks, we're going to kind of put a bow on that no offense series and just go, okay, how do we live this life that God's actually calling us to? Let me pray. And then we'll open up God's Word, and we'll see what God has to say for us. God, you're awesome. We love you. Thanks for the worship we just experienced. We look forward to our response coming out of what I have to say in worship. We thank you for daybreak. We thank you for the the gift that you've given us. We have a warm building. We have a great legacy that's here. We have people who are passionate about learning about you. And so God, teach us what it means to be in your rhythm. We love you. In your name, amen. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's how the churches run. Maybe it's what kind of car you drive. I can't believe they drive a Ford. (laughs) Doesn't it feel at times like we're going to snap? Or some of our friends are going to lose it. I mean, we have employees that are angry with their employers. And frankly, they're quitting their jobs. And economists tell us that it's the largest need of labor in the history of our generation. We've got parents of of teenagers who, let's be honest, parents of teenagers have always been angry. <laughs> well, may, maybe let's talk about the travel, the airline travel for a moment. Now, I couldn't pull any Canadian stats because we are great peacemakers, but here's what is happening in the U.S. We can point to the U.S. It usually shows what we are. Before 2020, the average number of investigated incidents on an airline with an unruly passenger was 143 in a year. More than 2,300 were last year. 823 of those 2,300 were deemed as so severe that they had to be investigated. 
2022 was the second most combative year for air travel. It almost feels like, like bitterness within humanity is a whole entirely different pandemic than what COVID was. <laughs> and so today we are going to continue on in this message series. We're going to talk about how do we get rid of bitterness. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. As you're turning there, I, I want to read some things from an article that I read in Psychology Today this week. It says this, all bitterness, all bitterness starts out as hurt. And your emotional pain may well relate to viewing whoever or whatever provoked this hurt as having malicious intent. Anger and resentment is what we're likely to experience whenever we conclude that another has seriously abused us, left to fester that righteous anger eventually becomes the corrosive ulcer that is bitterness. Let me say this before we get into God's Word. I know today that talking about bitterness is going to expose a wound in some of you that you have not given me permission to expose. But it's so important that we actually navigate this topic because at the end of it is this fancy word we say, freedom. That Christ died on the cross to make us free. Free from the bondage of sin, but also free from the bondage of bitterness. See, most of us are living in a prison, so as we jump into this book of Hebrews, we need to understand the context of Hebrews. The book was written to a group of Christians that culture had turned against them. They were frustrated. They were struggling the whole following Jesus thing is not what they thought it was going to be, the people of Hebrews. And frankly, this church, the Hebrew church, was ready to throw in the towel. And in that context, the author of Hebrews, many would believe it's Paul, says this, make every effort to live at peace with everyone. And be holy. I could end right there and bring the worship team up. If you have your Bibles, look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. Let the Word of God speak to us. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. We could do a bunch of different translations. Everyone still means everyone in every translation we'll read. Make every effort to live in, peace, live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root, bitterness, grows up to cause trouble and defile many. All right, well, here's the question. Have we made an effort to live at peace with everyone? Let's be honest, Paul says. Because without holiness, no one will get to see Jesus. 
So let me talk uh, to you just for a minute about a couple of the qualities of bitterness, and then we're going to kind of unpack to unpack it to go, how do we actually kill it? How do we set ourselves free from this bitterness? Here's the very first thing that we need to understand, that bitterness is a hidden destroyer. Bitterness is a hidden destroyer. Isn't it interesting that the author of Hebrews uses this imagery of a root to talk about bitterness? Think about it just for a second. Deep beneath the surface that no one can see, how deep does our bitterness actually go? You you won't know until you try to start killing it or try to start pulling it. Now, let me get technical again for a second. Let's think about an oak tree. Okay, so get that image in your mind. Oak wood has a density of 0.75 grams per cubic centimeter, which is more than pine wood, which has 0.43 grams per cubic centimeter. You didn't think you were going to study biology in church? We're studying biology in church, okay? Therefore, oak wood is regarded as the most durable, hard, fungal-resistant material. Oak wood is mainly used for making high-quality European oak furniture and doors. Oak is is officially one of the strongest woods in the world. It's almost five times the robustness of Scots pine. And this is why the Romans... Gave the, the wood, gave oak wood the name robur. The same word that they used for strength. And I, I read this week that if you grow an oak tree, take a full grown live oak tree and take all of those roots that are underneath the, the ground and you line them up, they would span for more than a linear mile. It's what is beneath the surface of the soul that left unchecked is slowly going to grow. Church, listen to me. Deeper and deeper and deeper our bitterness goes. And frankly, it's robbing you of the life that God desires for us. It's that hidden destroyer we just talked about. Sometimes these roots of bitterness, you don't even know that you're bitter Until you wake up one day and you can't stop thinking about that thing or that person. Some of us, myself included, have bitterness toward the most ridiculous dumb things. Like my thing. I get so angry. The person doesn't drive like I do. The person doesn't go through airport security like I do. Just name it. Some of you get really riled up about insignificant, silly stuff like I do. And some of you are listening to this and you're praying that we're not going to go into significant things. Some of you are dealing with a paralyzing offense, the abuse of a family member, the betrayal of a spouse, the deception of a business partner, and you can't shake it. I heard someone say this, that bitterness was like drinking poison, hoping it would kill your enemy. Who's the only one that's getting hurt here? It's you. Roots can grow underground, unseen, but they eventually, but they eventually yield a visible fruit. It's a hidden destroyer. 
Here's the second thing about bitterness. It always poisons others. Bitterness always poisons other people. Roots will never just stay in your yard. They always grow into your neighbor's. Look back at Hebrews twelve fifteen. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Do you understand what that verse is saying? Paul's saying, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. No one misses it, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and do what? Defile. Wreck, destroy many. Let's get technical for a second. The Greek word here is meyano. Meyano. Meyano means this stain, pollute, contaminate. There is no one that is listening to this message today that wouldn't agree with me that the idea in our culture today is that we believe and celebrate that our bitterness should be broadcast. On every news channel, every social media platform, my life is so defined by this hurt that I'm going to invite as many people to join me in this misery as possible. That's the world that you and I live in. Hatred and holiness cannot coexist in the same heart. On top of that, when we invite people into our bitterness, we become the stumbling block. We become the stumbling block to their pursuit of peace. One bitter person, and you know this, can destroy a group of friends. One bitter person can destroy a family. One bitter person can separate a church. Friends, I've struggled with this. In fact, this was probably one of the first points of my life where one of my kids led me in a significant way. For those of you who are parents of young kids, most of the time you're going to be exhausted. If you're a parent of teenagers, your prayer life always has gotten better. And your blood pressure has also increased. (laughs) I'm telling you, and I'm giving you just a moment of encouragement Parents of teenagers, there's a day coming where your kids are going to grow up and the seeds of faith are going to take root. And you're going to start to see fruit. I'm, I'm so proud of my kids, Maris and McCulley. The day is coming where your kids are actually going to lead you. They will teach you things that no other adult can. See, bitterness is a hidden destroyer that eventually is going to poison people around us. So how do we do this, church? We know it's dangerous. We know that we've been affected by bitterness. How do we kill the root of bitterness? Let me give you a few things. The very first one, we always expose. We always expose the object of our bitterness. In Ephesians 5.11, it's going to be on the screen behind me, it says this, the church in Ephesus, Paul writes, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. What does Paul tell us to do? Expose them. Expose them. Bring them to the light. Have we actually gone to the place of calling out why we are chronically paralyzed by this wound? 
Have we said it? Have we written it down? Some of you are bitter at God because you lost a a loved one in the last few years. Some of you are bitter at your coworker for getting that promotion that you thought you deserved. Some of you are bitter at an older uh, sibling who seems to do no wrong. Some of you are bitter at the woman who is now dating your ex, and even though you don't want to be with him, you can't stop hating her. You're in prison. And Jesus' death on the cross was to set you free. You can't heal from what you're not willing to admit. So let's just be honest. Take a second. Don't say it out loud. I am rooted to this bitterness because of this. And when you start to pray, God, would you expose what roots of bitterness I have? You may discover his revelation of why it might surprise you. Friends, years ago, I was so bitter in ministry. I felt like I wasn't getting noticed. I wasn't getting paid the way that I thought I should get paid. I felt like my pastoral load was unbelievable. I had a young family that I wanted to provide for. I just became really bitter. It was paralyzing. And I got to this point where I was so dark in my brain, I felt victimized. I felt underappreciated. I got so judgmental to other people. And then I heard God very clearly say to me, Matt, you have a choice. Matt, you have a choice to remain in bitterness or to do something about it. So Matt and Michelle at 5.30 in the morning delivered newspapers in the city of Calgary. It was some of the most precious time of my life. As Maris, the 12-month-old, sat in the car waiting for her parents to be done delivering newspapers. Have you ever felt like arguments with other people? Have you ever felt like you've had arguments with other people but only in your own brain? And you just rehearse it over and over and over and over again? That's what that season felt like me for me 24-7. All of those bitter people that I was so judgmental about and bitter toward, I actually loved those people. What was the problem? It wasn't them, it was me. And I was the, knee, I was the one that God needed to bring into a place of freedom. So what do we do? We expose it. We expose our bitterness. Remember what Hebrews 12.15 said? See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, stumbles, is sidetracked because of me that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. Here's the second thing with bitterness. This is the tough one. We're going to cancel their debt. I know this is tough. We have this picture in the scripture where the author takes us to the point where he says, make sure that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. Before he says that, he says that make sure no one misses the grace of God. It isn't until you live under the powerful nature of God's grace that you can do any of these things. Do you remember in November, think hard, when I talked about the forgiveness cycle, it always starts with the profound reality that we understand I'm forgiven. 
and I don't deserve it. And then that leads us to a great sense of gratitude. I'm forgiven. I don't deserve it. I have gratitude. And then what's the outside of it? I can love others. No one misses the grace of God because without the grace of God, I can't be set free from the root of bitterness. Jesus told a story in Matthew 18 where there was a servant. He owed an enormous debt to a master and he went before the master, petrified that the master was going to say that he was going to get thrown into prison. Here's what it says in Matthew 18, verse 32. You wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master, verse 34, handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is what Jesus said. This is how your heavenly Father will treat each of you until you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So we're going to choose to give up our claim to revenge. We're going to give up our claim to blame. But Matt, you don't know what they did to me. They deserve it. I have a righteous anger. Possibly. Possibly you have a righteous anger, but I can't, can I encourage you? If we're going to live our lives based on the life that Jesus lived in the teaching of his word, Jesus turned over the tables one day. Just one day. Every other of the 1,277 days of Jesus' public ministry, he was an instrument of peace, not of righteous anger. He was the one who was befriending the foreigner or the person of the other race. He was the one healing the unclean. He was the one healing the, uh, he was the one forgiving the sinner. Church, I'm begging you to cancel their debt because God canceled yours. If that's not hard enough, and I know that some of you this is increasingly challenging, But everything about the life of Christ and the teaching of God's holy word is always counterintuitive to your human nature. It's always different than culture. We have to look different. Well, you're going to have to cancel their debt about 20,000 times today, and then tomorrow, maybe 19,500, maybe the next day, 18,000, until you wake up one day and the wound was a fact is no longer an emotion. It's just, I'm choosing in this moment not to hold it against you. You owe me nothing. And if you really want to be set free and healed once they, you've canceled their debt, here's the third one we're going to do. We're going to speak a blessing over them. But I tell you, Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke chapter 6, Verse 27, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Verse 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Bless is the word that we get eulogy from. Eulugo. Bless. Speak well of. 
Speak well of those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. The reason we struggle with allowing a root of bitterness to grow in our lives is because we compare sin. We compare it. The word sin comes from an archery term. It means to miss the bullseye. Well, what's the bullseye? Paul told us in Hebrews, God's holiness. He might say, well, Matt, I only missed it by a millimeter. Look at them. They missed it by a mile. And while the consequences here on earth are different from the millimeter and the mile, both the mile and the millimeter both require the blood of Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. They both require the cross. They both require the grace of God. And friends, so we bless. We don't withhold. When you and I realize how much we've been given, how dare we hold it back from others? The person that I have spent the majority of my life having a root of bitterness is me. The person that I have spent the majority of my life having a root of bitterness with is me. I have loathed myself for way too many years of my life. I'm not going to root my life in bitterness. Instead, I'm going to do what Jesus talked about in John chapter 15. I'm going to be, I'm going to abide with him. I'm going to be grafted into the true vine. And so instead of hate, what's going to flow through me is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Do you remember our challenge on January 8th? What's your word for this year? And as a result of us together choosing a word, so many people's lives are going to be different because we represent grace. And church, I ask you, this is not just about you. Does God want you to be free from this bitterness? Yes, 100%. Does God want to leverage grace through you to impact others? Yep. But you have to do the unthinkable. I've got to call it out. I've got to muster the courage to say, I'm canceling your debt. I'll not hold this against you. And then we're going to do what Jesus taught us. We're going to speak a blessing over those who have hurt us. The Apostle Paul later on says this in Ephesians chapter 4. Daybreak community church. Get rid of all bitterness. Of all rage. Of all anger. Of brawling. Of slander. Along with every form of malice. Then he continues and says, Be kind, daybreak community church. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Friends, you don't have to have the courage to muster up forgiveness. You can't create it. You're simply passing along what has already been given to you. Let's pray. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. God, thank you that you have called us into the deep.
It's not a shallow wading pool, this life that we live, where we can touch the bottom at all times. No, you're calling us into the deep where we need to keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. And God, if there's bitterness in our life, we pray that you would help us call it out. That we would cancel a person's debt. And that we would pray a prayer blessing over them. You're a great God. We love you in your name. Amen.